I was thinking that it would start, I ask you questions and you answer yes or no. Were you the mastermind that cheated the Olympics? Yes. Today, the World Anti-Doping Agency suspended Russia's sports drug testing lab. 99% of Russian athletes are guilty of doping. It's worse than we thought. If this is true, it is an unimaginable level of criminality. I was helping to facilitate one of the most elaborate doping ploys in sport history. This goes all the way back to 1968. Every sport was Putin aware of the existence of the Russian doping system? Yes. Hello and welcome to the Vertical Viewing Podcast from Vancouver, British Columbia. This is episode number 133. Woo! And my name is Scott. My name is Jared. My name is Michael. Nice! On today's episode, we're going to catch up on the films and TV shows we've been watching, as well as the week in film news, for a featured review of Steven Soderbergh's Logan Lucky. He's back. It's pretty sweet. He decided that retiring is for chumps. Hayao Miyazaki, I think, is back as well. Yeah, nobody's retiring anymore. I don't buy it. Retiring is retiring. Don't ever post uh, an article or a news story about a director retiring ever again. No, you definitely need to do that. It's clickbait. You need to get those clicks. No, don't. Because then you can it, write another one about how they're back. Bullshit. They're back. Guess what? Tarantino is not retiring. Yeah. I came out of retirement. No, what? No. You can subscribe to all of our episodes on iTunes or through the podcast software of your choice. Yeah. Including Google Play. Wherever. Including Stitcher, which I don't recommend because they're shady. I heard. Tune in radio. That's cool. Like I said, the podcast software of your choice. There's many out there. You do you. So many. You do you. That's true. Verticalviewing.com is the website. That is. There's a donate button. We hope you think about clicking it it's shiny and yellow and then click it yeah at least give it a thought well that's if you want a one night stand with the vertical viewing crew show us some one time love we're really nice pass us on the street we're really nice that's the cup we hold out like we we give out like everything out is you know we don't we don't rattle a cup we give you a sweet podcast everything is free on this show but if you want to help us offset the cost of seeing movies putting on the show uh, renting out a piece of the internet to bake into a nice weekly pie for your ears. Mm, an audio pie. Jam it into your ear holes. Uh, you can go to verticalviewing.com. That PayPal link is there. Or you can go to patreon.com slash verticalviewing. For regular support of the show. <laughs> what happens there? You can be a hydrogen, helium, or lithium level supporter. And that's... You can make up other levels if you want but those are one two or three dollars a month to support us in doing what we do mm-hmm. and uh giving you free podcasts. yeah choose your favorite element it's uh if you go the whole table can be filled out if, if you go for the higher levels then you get to suggest a review just like nick did just like martin did so we have reviews up there for dune we have reviews for superman returns which is new and fresh it's i didn't tight. like it the movie is Bad. It's, it's bad. Well, let's it's, not give it away. Let's Super, not give it away. No, Superman Returns is terrible, and there's no place for the character Superman in 21st century pop culture. Agree to disagree. Didn't we disagree? Find out on Patreon. Go to it. Patreon.com slash Vertical Viewing uh, if you want to get access to all of our cool bonus reviews 
join the likes of Martin, Joseph, uh, Fidel, Chris, and Nick. You can become a patron as well. For little as $1 a month, you get access to all those goodies, including Jake Gyllenhaal reviews. We are the de facto Jake Gyllenhaal fan club. Uh, we have bought magazine pictures of him all over the place. It's good. Yeah, yeah it's scotch weird. Tape. It's weird that they're on the ceiling, too. <laughs> and like that, a lot of them over Scott's bed. Oh, come on. Stop. <laughs> He's embarrassed. Please send your thoughts and recommendations to verticalviewing at gmail.com. Check us out on Twitter at Vertical Viewing. The Instagram is still broken. Andrea, please help me fix it. <laughs> Give us I'm calling some out, advice. I'm calling out to my sister because she's a, she's she knows what's up with Instagram. She blogs about this well, issue. God damn it! I just can't figure out why we're shadow banned on Instagram. We need more engaged. Tell us, viewers. Does anyone on? Out Leave there. comments on our stuff, people. Is there a viewer who knows the Instagram? Do you know Mr. or Mrs. Instagram? And can you ask them why they've shadow banned us? Yeah. <clears throat> uh, our theme song is written by the Anti-Theory. Check him out on SoundCloud. Shoutouts. Uh, a what? Yeah, I've asked him to perhaps help us with a Buckaroo Banzai project that we may be working on for the Patreon website. I'm teasing something. Very exciting. I'm teasing something. Audio commentary is coming soon. Those, I think the first one might be free to everybody. See what we're doing. Yeah. Let us know your thoughts on that. Do you guys think the first... uh, I think that would be a fun experiment. Just to get people hooked on those things. And we'll accompany it with maybe like a poll so we can hear what people think after. A poll for every one of our listeners. I'm voting for a takedown of Suicide Squad. That's, That's just me, though. We'll see. We've got a few uh, few front runners here. Uh, on with the show. Let's do it. Red, you have a you have a fuck ton, a metric fuck ton of shit that you watched. Yeah, it's a metric fuck ton with a two N's and an E on the end. Yeah, yeah. Tone. What? <laughs> um. So it's been a while since we sat down together, and you keep telling me to watch some movies. Oh my god! So I had a big list to get through. Now I know what you watched. But I'm going to start with some things that I read, because now I know you're excited and I'm, I've teased it. <laughs> First thing I did was I read the entire story arc of Marvel's Dark Tower, the Gunslinger graphic novels. That is The Journey Begins, The Little Sisters of Illuria, The Battle of Tull, The Way Station, The Man in Black, and Last Shots. Awesome. Loved it. Add that to the Dark Tower pile of goodness that i will happily reconsume at so any is, time is that just a graphic novel version of a existing book there is a lot of overlap now um previously what i had read w- was sort of uh prequel like it's roland in midworld before uh the gunsling events of the gunslinger which is the first novel in the series um but uh this that ended and there was a little bit of change from this original story thrown into like Marvel had to make it a little bit more comic booky, I think. Um, but there was a lot of overlap in this and I liked the overlap. I liked seeing how these artists imagined the crazy things that, uh, Stephen King had, had talked about and things that were actually in the recent dark tower movie are in this and look just vastly different. And there are there are tons of things that are completely left out of the film. So. Different means better. Um, well, they left out everything about the beams in in the movie, and the beams are really important in the books. And this was the first time that I had seen the beams depicted as 
uh, Rainbows, which was interesting, but they're being retold. This is in a tale from Shimi, and Shimi is a uh, uh, mentally handicapped boy who's also probably the most powerful uh, telepath. Anyways, I won't get into it, but uh, it's it was really cool. It was really fun to read, and anybody that likes The Dark Tower should read uh, The Gunslinger if after they read uh, the first Dark Tower story arc. After I read that, I got caught up on Paper Girls. I read Paper Girls 3 from Image Comics. I'd already read one or two. I've talked about them on older episodes. Uh, Paper Girls continues to be awesome. It's so weird and crazy. All the time travel is insane. There's like dinosaurs and cavemen, and the cavemen are wearing spacesuit helmets and have like uh, the power symbol from your computer, uh, like painted in mud on their chests and like they're wearing things that have fallen through time cracks it's awesome get into paper girls it looks really neat man it is um after what they like they fight cybernetic they fight it's crazy okay there's it's it's a bunch of the it's a bunch of paper girls like they deliver the paper and they just get caught up in this craziness one morning and this has taken them so far. They've met future selves. They're seeing crazy inter-dimensional like, prisms that are spewing. Okay. It's awesome. I, I dig that. I, yeah. can, I can dig it. People, you guys will all dig it. Um, then I watched the entire run of Wet Hot American Summer 10 years later. So there's a new, a brand new series already on... I know. Where did this come from? Did it, I didn't even know they were making this. Same. So is it? It can't be good, right? It's excellent. Sorry, the, what is this? The new Wet Hot American Summer. Oh ten yes, years later. So yes, yes. I it, started watching it, this as well. It, it's it's just they've made an excuse now for how old they look. Essentially, is that they? No. So they already made that no. joke, right? In so the, how in old the are they reboot. supposed to be now? Twenty five. <laughs> yeah. So the joke. It's like it's exactly it's the kind the of joke thing. that you loved from the Jump Street movies, right? It's they're just making it even bigger, and it's hilarious. The only thing that I think that was like substantially different in the last one was the stuff about the president. And that's carried over into this. And at first I was a little bit hesitant because I wasn't a huge fan, but by the end I was completely on board. I absolutely adore this. I've only watched, I've only watched about three or four episodes. So stick with it. If you're, if you're a little bit like there's a scene with Richard Nixon taking a dump (laughs) Oh like, man! And making George W. Bush Senior take a dump too. <laughs> what? Yeah, it's and I'm watching this at the time, going, "This is a bit of a stretch," but like, it's totally worth it. The payoff at the end is great. The whole thing, I mean, the, the character of this whole thing of Wet Hot American Summer is so unique and so much fun and so goofy. I just, I love it. I eat it up. It is a nice playground for all these comedic actors to sort of just jump into and kind of riff. It's, it's almost like a little jam band for them to, oh, the way that they bring just screw in around. new characters into this one. Because I think you're right. And I think actors see that and want to be a part of this. And this brings Isn't John in, Hamm. Yeah. He was in the, the he was in last year, the last season, right? Yeah. This one, for example, one of the characters is a, played by a different actor. Oh, my God. And they're just like... Oh, yeah, Bradley Cooper's gone, right? Yes. He's gone, and he's played by uh, Mike... Uh, Scott, Adam Scott. Adam Scott, yeah. And, and, and the way like, they handle it... Do you think it. anyone's going to notice my nose job? It's like, no, no, you look exactly the same to me. And Maybe then, even better. <laughs> and then, 
Yeah. It's oh, so yeah. good. Okay. Um, nice. Yeah. So glowing recommend. I, yeah. I, I, you've warmed me back onto that. Yeah. Get into I it. I kind of got burned out. Yeah. Uh, I've watched a couple more episodes of Glow. Okay. Continues to be very funny. Yeah. Popular on the vertical viewing show for sure. Definitely yeah. worth watching the whole thing. Um, and then we get into more substantial films. I think you watched the Lego Batman movie. Oh, yes. This movie was hilarious. And that one weird one in the 60s. It was super fun. Yeah. You guys have talked about this already. The jokes are nonstop. The writing is excellent. It's I don't know. one of the best Batman movies that has ever been made. Surely. Like it, yeah. it, it's in yep. the top three, totally. maybe. But I still don't know about Galifianakis as a Joker. He's terrible. I don't. I won't use the word terrible. Where is Mark? Ham- where is Mark Hamill though? Or where is like some kind of? I don't know. I just didn't like. Got, he didn't seem to do anything with it. No, he's he's really bad. In he my only opinion. had like a few lines anyway, so it's not like yeah. I didn't. But I mean, that aside, the movie is fantastic, fantastic, right? and it's it's a beautiful exploration of the relationship between Batman and Joker uh, and Snake Clowns. Yeah, and yeah, that's the ongoing joke, right? But I, I just love how it breaks down sort of the villain and the hero's relationship to a, a romance. Well, it's which like it's awesome. It's, it's like a, a romantic a, comedy, but superhero versus villain kind of. Yeah, it's like a kiddie version of the Killing Joke, but mm. funny. Yeah, it's a, of it's horrific. A br- brilliant, everybody. <laughs> um, and then I watched Ma Vie de Courgette. Or oh. my life as a zucchini. Oh my god, you're doing some good this week. Um, this movie was was great. It was very sweet. Um, I anticipated, based on your Scott uh, reviews, a much sadder film, uh, a much more sort of heartbreaking film. Uh, when in fact, I found this film to be kind of nice. Okay, so. It is it, it it's a very uplifting story about how every child is valuable no child you know should be sort of tossed away it's about it's about sort of the kids who end up in a foster home and feel like they're rejected right and yeah i think it's about everyone has misfits merit seeking right? misfits finding connection with seeking each other cuz even even the police officer that first brings uh i didn't watch i didn't in my you watched the version, french french version Watched a French version and looked for subtitles that didn't call him zucchini because he the, all through the film they're calling him courgette yeah and and like that's important and he insists on his identity as courgette his so, name is like Icar yeah yeah so but so. the beginning of the movie I didn't realize that there's there's a very tragic thing that opens the film which I'm not yes. going to spoil here but sets up all of the rest of the events but it it happens sort of off screen and. It's a it's an audio cue that you have to listen for if you know what I'm talking about. Oh, totally, yeah. I I kind of missed it the first time around. Uh, so you, I and see. Throughout the movie, the sort of impact of that opening moment didn't even and hit me. Probably and, a speech later on that Courgette gives that you would have been like, oh. But the movie had huge emotional impact on me, right? Regardless, and then when I sort of reflected on what the in- beginning meant, it just hit me even harder. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's Great. it's it's amazing. I I I love this movie for for two reasons. One is you know the sweet story and the excellent character development and and all of those like every reason that you love a story. But 
I also love this movie as someone who appreciates animation. So I love the, the, the stop motion style. And then I also liked in the transition scenes where they'd be driving or when you'd see outside of the home or something, the style that, that you got to see was really simple, but really unique. And, and I really enjoyed it's just the be- feel of this movie. It's beautiful and it feels sort of low budget in a way that's kind of quaint and but but like on purpose but done very well yeah yeah done yeah. well um so check out ma vie de courgette or my life as a zucchini whatever you want uh, there is an english version which it's apparently good nick offerman plays the cop which i think is probably a good yeah so i i role, haven't but, heard this one but yeah I, I always say that animated movies like big animated movies you should definitely give dubs a try because you know they put money and effort and good acting into those that's the original performance if you can do that with any movie you're getting the unfiltered performance of the actors yeah you should do that every time uh and finally oh my god i watched another uh french movie i guess was it tmn nobody speaks in it la tortue rouge the red turtle you finally did this yeah i watched the red turtle months and months and months and months later yeah yeah with uh with the old lady and i watched it so this is a film that i watched at the vancouver film festival last year Mm -hmm. raved about was on my top 10 list quite high on the list did you enjoy it i did very much so um as a ghibli uh enjoyer is Ghibli that, head, yeah. I don't know. I, mean, I don't know if I'd go that far, but I do really enjoy the animation. I think he, nobody does skies like Studio Ghibli. But this Ghibli is a Ghibli. Belgian film, right? Yeah, and, so. and Miyazaki didn't actually work on this one, right? Uh, he will be working on a, a new film, yeah. which is pretty sweet. Um, but uh, this is barely a Ghibli film to me. Yeah, it's the just style sort of is very unique. Distributed by kind yeah, of you yeah. know, it's like and the the, the Ghibli screen is red, not blue. Yeah, it, it's it's hmm. for Ghibli's side project. It feels like a Tintin style, very different from their anime um, typical look. So I had, I loved this film, and I also had some problems with this film. Really? Like, at no point, well, I mean, Meredith and I are talking about this, right? Like, we're going, okay, so what do you do? Do you think we could survive, like, on a... Because there's no talking, so you can totally talk during this movie at some points. At some points, you're just like riveted, right? But we're like, how do you think we could survive if you got stuck on a deserted island? Like, well, it depends on the, the temperature and, you know, how easy can you get to food? Like, is there coconuts and melons and stuff? Or is there any predators? Uh, but probably not very long. Probably not very long. One of you would eat the other. We're like, what would you do first? And uh, I was immediately like, I would build a shelter. And then I would make a fire. Two, one, two. Build a shelter, make a fire. Okay? I got enough sustenance in my body at the moment that I can worry about food after those two things have taken, are taken care of. And I watch this movie, and I'm not going to give any spoilers, but the guy never builds a fucking shelter, and there's only one fire, and it has nothing to do with cooking food or keeping warm. So there was like major problems <laughs> but at the same time like, there's a lot of like super na- not supernatural but like there's some like mysterious things going on in this and the island itself supernatural. is is um, enough of a refuge that he can sort of sleep anywhere mm-hmm. without feeling yeah you could sleep exposed and you'll be fine yeah um he's he's in a really nice place to be uh stranded 
Um, it's a beautiful sort of movie. I think about like the life cycle of exactly of, yes. a, of a creature of a sort of just of, the of, cycle of life, the cycle of life, like birth, death, re, you know, being reborn, and sort of this ongoing cycle of nature and shit. It's yeah, I think it's start. Awesome. It's about like how you know destruction brings the opportunity for new creation, and just. But you're right, it does have this awesome fantasy angle to the movie that adds a nice dimension to the whole thing. Like, it, there is, it, it is a little bit fantastical. Yeah. There's a little bit of magic happening. And and the very reason, like, I knew that as we were watching it, there was a risk. I was like, okay, I think that the supernatural or, like, fantastic stuff, I like that. I dig that. I, I, I look for stuff with that. Um... The person I'm watching this film with, not so much. Uh, let's just say opinions differed on the Red Turtle. Wasn't a fan, hey? Um, I think she described it as stupid. Or wow! Yeah. Oh uh, come on, the ending. Not to spoil it, but when, like, when, when, I when think that was that was what she was like. If this and then that happened, and she's like, "Boom, I'm out." When he's staring out at the ocean, and then. You know, like they see some, the eyes shut and stuff. It's oh my god, Are you kidding me? Like it takes it takes my heart, smashes it into jelly. But that's not the end. Like there's no, more that happens it's after just, that. Right? It's so gorgeous. It's so good. It's amazing. Yeah. And again, I I expected a far more emotionally heart wrenching or like affecting film. I was not emotionally affected while watching this. I mean, I. I appreciated the film and i could i could see the wonderful story and and it was very lovely and a nice you know meditation on life but it didn't make me cry or anything like no, i never it, was like oh there was, was that because no. you were having a conversation while watching it yeah i got into it after oh, okay. i mean we, we we cut that out even <laughs> though even though um maybe my wife didn't care so it, much, it's definitely it's it's definitely the kind of movie that you'd have to put on in the right tone it, it, it's it's there like, as you said there's no dialogue in the entire thing so you you'd have to yeah it needs to be the right mood yeah it's it's nice okay People will like it. Red, you I did like good. It. Red, I'm so proud of you. Look Sorry at for these. boring everybody. No, no. These are three nice. These are three goodies that we bought on you to get to, and he Plus did them a all. a couple others. Uh, Mike, what's up, man? Yo, yo, yo. You're in it, man. How's it going, everybody? Oh, what's going on? Hola. Uh, hola. As they say what's in up? Spanish. Uh, Spanish. Uh, I watched... You got goodies? Well, I watched a documentary called Icarus. Oh, I heard this Oops, wasn't I so to great. Write it down. I actually really liked it. Okay. So, Icarus uh, is a documentary that started off as one thing and ended up as another. It totally changes. How far through? Like <clears throat> some of the best documentaries about, are like it's that. It's about twenty twenty five minutes in because this is like a good two hours long or something it's like very that. long. It's a really long documentary. That's where it's, I it suffers a little. I think they could tighten it up. Hey, I think it's. Hey, Mike, what's it about? <laughs> All right. Anyway, <laughs> it's boring at first, though. Uh, so Icarus follows Brian Fogle, who is a um, not a pro cyclist. He wants, but to be. he wants to be. So he does the the race that's just below the Tour de France, uh, and he the came, hot ride. He came or in like twenty seventh or something like that. Or no, it was he came in fourteenth. Thinking he would, he just wanted to place top one hundred. So he's like, "Shit, okay, man, I did better than I thought. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm okay at this." But those top ten guys are in another league. Like he could never do that. So he's, 
he's like, okay, they must Ever. like. Whoops. Like everybody knows about Lance Armstrong at this point and, and things along those lines and doping in the sport and sports in general. Uh, so he decides he's going to try it to see just how much better it makes him the next year. Doping, that is. Try doping. So he contacts uh, the uh, Russian dude and what's his name? Grigory. Did his heart stop in the race with his dick out and he crashed over the mountain? No, or? this is like he finds literally like the the like top doper that you could ever as, as in doctor like the guy behind Grigory, the rushing yeah. russian doping program Grigory Rochenkov is the guy that he contacts and so he's documenting everything and Grigory knows that this is happening he knows there's a documentary being made because he's like i'm going to dope i want to document how well I, it changes me yeah he's and the, the doctor's board. like, okay, cool. So they form this sort of friendship, and the doctor comes to the States, you know, to check Sweet up on test. them. It's pretty great. Uh, he tells them how they're going to beat all the tests, and then... How they're going to smuggle piss and stuff. Yes, yes. And so while this is happening, a documentary releases in Germany, basically revealing that the Russian, the Russian Olympic team, um, like, almost all of them are doping. And Grigory Rochenkov is one of the key players in that. And this is like a scandal that gets Germany, or sorry, Russia, like banned from the Olympics. Yeah, and yeah. this is major international yeah, news. Yeah, right? so uh, WADA, like the anti-doping agency, um, d- in- launches this investigation. And so they switch gears in this documentary. It's no longer about Brian Fogel's do- doping. It's about this whole... Save Grigory. Like, because... There's people getting iced, right? Yeah, because two of the yeah. top officials that work with uh, Grigory... Heart attacks. Get heart attacks. Classic so Russian air quote around those heart attacks. And he is terrified for KGB. his life, so he flees and stays in the States. And so it documents them talking with uh, with lawyers to figure out what he needs to do. Um, finding out all this information, it, it documents how Russia... Like, there is no, there is no uh, doping... Uh, society, not the uh, committee. There, there isn't. There is now. Well, in is there in Russia? Well, I mean, there's there's a one in name. So this internationally acclaimed uh, doping testing facility in Russia is where Grigory is the director, and so he just gives all of this information up, like how they beat the unbeatable tests with details, and so they give that all to WADA, and they investigate that, and they're like, "Yep, this is one hundred percent true. We're banning Russia." Uh, but then there's like some political fallout and things like that. So Russia does get to go back into the Olympic. This is like weeks before uh, so the she, Rio Olympics. Okay, so just because this is yeah, this, the whole thing is uh, Grigori yeah. is saying in Sochi they hundred percent like they were. This is how they beat the tests, and so he flees, and oh my, like the employee, most of the employees, other than some of the scientists at this lab, were KGB or FSB. So, like, he was under tabs from the FSB. The director oh, of man. the director of this uh, organization is like Putin's right hand man. Yeah, he got promoted to like. Oh man, this is this is actually a crazy, crazy story. It's, yeah, it's yeah. unbelievable, and it ends with Grigori going into witness protection, and he's still there because he's there's a credible threat on against his life. Because well, yeah, he holds a lot of information. Well, and he just, like, told everybody, like, hey, yeah. Putin is a fucking liar. Yeah, yeah. It's unbelievable that this started off with just this amateur cyclist saying, I'm going to document. And actually, he blew a gear on his bike, and he 
He did, does he terrible. Did, he did worse than he did the year before when he wasn't doping. <laughs> um, so it just didn't really work out for him. But it's then it became un- this unfortunately uh, great coincidence as a yeah. filmmaker. Well, that's yeah. the best documentaries often start with one idea that morph into another. Like the the Queen of Versailles. Do you guys remember that movie about the the guy trying to build the largest house in America and then. Oh, doesn't he lose all his everything? Money? Yeah, he yeah. lost all his money, and then it's now it turns into a movie about the 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 financial crisis and about excess and about the American dream failing. Yeah, and yeah it, when something changes to a more clearly more important idea, uh, it, it's cool to watch that process. Yeah, because it was like it was interesting to start off with because like okay, they went through the entire doping routine and just showed how shitty it was. Because the dude's legs like welted up because he was ingesting or He's injecting this shit, it was unbelievable. <sighs> anyway, ch- check it out. Like it's, it's on a, Netflix. Right? It's on Netflix. Yeah. It's a little long, uh, but it's really in there. it's really interesting. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The end is the goodie. Nice, uh, the good, the nice. good bits. I also watched Message from the King. Which, okay, so moving on. Yeah, <laughs> what does this sounds like a religious? Nope. Okay, uh, it's sort of like a Taken movie. Make Taken style movie, except it stars Chadwick Boseman. Mm. Uh, it's also got Luke Evans, uh, Alfred Molina in it. And so the basic premise is Chadwick Boseman, this dude from South Africa, shows up in LA looking for his sister who called him a few weeks ago, terrified, and asked for his help. And so we don't know anything more than that. And so he comes to the neighborhood she lived in uh, and meets some of the people that she knew. Turns out she was a bit of a party girl, blah, 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 blah. About 15 minutes into the movie, 20 minutes in the movie, he finds her at the morgue. Uh, and she's been, <gasps> like, brutalized. Like, not just killed, but, like, tortured and beaten. Ooh. So now he's trying to figure out who did that to mm-hmm. take revenge. Okay. And who done it? It's, uh, it's interesting. Like, it's... Because I have a particular set of skills. Yeah, I was going to say. It has its flaws, but it's always entertaining, I find. Uh... He is a very resourceful character who... He, a very particular set of skills. Yes, yeah, I yes. don't have money. So, like, his his weapon in this is he gets a bike chain from, like, a hardware store, and he just wraps it around his fist oh. and punches guys, and then uses it as a whip. And so he just, like, mangles their faces. It's I'm ooh, a very resourceful crazy. character. That's like a, a chainsaw in your hand. The one... Okay, so he, he does also meet a, uh, like, hooker with a heart of gold sort of thing in it, which is a tried... Like, I, that was a little tacked on. I didn't really dig that. Like, we didn't need that. It didn't give us any, any insight in the character. It didn't make the story any better. Was there boobs? Probably but there's boobs, right? No? Yeah, but not with her. Okay. Like was, um, so basically... <laughs> Just another excuse. Unrelated else. boobs. Yeah. Yeah. As he's trying to figure out what happened, he, he finds, like, this criminal element, and it just goes all the way... Like, it goes to this dentist who's played by Luke Evans, and he's a charming, like, upscale gentleman, but he's also an asshole, so he plays that very well, who seems to be orchestrating this criminal element, but also they have ties to powerful Hollywood producers and things like that, and directors. So who's the king? So his name is King. (sighs) Chadwick Boseman is... Come on. uh, His last name is King. Come on. And I... I was like the whole movie. I'm thinking, man, he's good at this. Like they don't really give him much of a backstory except that he's from South Africa. And Luke Evans character says he knows where they're from because he knew the sister that has been beaten up and killed. And that's where the numbers gangs are from in South Africa, which are like the most brutal gangs in Uh the world. uh So he's like, shit, we don't know what this guy's capable of. So it was entertaining. And 
one thing that really made this for me is the ending gives us enough information as to how this character is a uh, like it opens up that mystery. Uh, and I'm not going to give it away, but it opens up that mystery and just changes your outlook on the whole movie. Uh, so I really dug that. Huh. But I mean, it it does have its flaws. It's I'd like say, a Shyamalan twist. Well, not not really. It's just oh, hey, here's an interesting bit of information. He's hmm. not quite what I thought he was. Hmm. Uh, so you enjoyed this? I thought it was pretty good, um, but it does have some issues. So I'd say around a seven out of ten kind of thing. That's respectable. Yeah, yeah. It was For a movie that just appears at the top of Netflix, just like as a almost like an ad. It's because weird. you watched. Yeah. It's, it's weird that this didn't make it to theater. Like, I feel this would have been a February release. Uh, Maybe a March. Burn. That's, yeah. a, that's a burn. Uh, but it would have done really well then. So, I don't know. And then I... Uh, so, move it on. So, check it out if you're interested. I mean, if you've seen it on Netflix, you're like, I wonder what... It's okay. It's okay. It's probably floating at the top of your your queue there, just yep. as like an autoplay thing. I'm not going to say much about it, because it was... Um, uh, short, shorter season, but Voltron season three came out. I'm digging the new Voltron series. I've talked about it before on the show. Season three does not disappoint. It's just more of the same. It's amazing that Netflix is just pumping out just whatever they you can from the '80s and just risk takers. It's just it's, big shock. You want to do approach. what? Here you go. It's from the '80s. Yeah. Okay, sure. Go bots. Yes. <laughs> We are go. Uh, uh, yeah, no, Voltron, like season one started a little slow and then picked up. Season two was great. Season three just carries that on. It's, nice. Uh, it just momentum. makes, it does make me wish I was watching Avatar or Korra though, because mm. I think it's the same animation studio. Uh, so they have a similar look. I like, and like they, they get are, loose when the fights are on sort of thing. Like the, the, the fights are really well done in Voltron. So nice. uh, that's, that's awesome. The action in, because when you say Korra and Avatar. The action in Avatar, Korra and like, Avatar are amazing. There is no animation that has ever shown choreography like those shows. No. So good. And finally, came out on Friday, Defenders. The oh, yeah, I haven't watched it yet. Amalgamation of Daredevil, Luke Cage, Jessica Jones, so, and Iron Fist. I've watched four episodes. It's great. Yes. Oh, I've heard some bad things about this one. Really? So, so far, it's okay. really good. Maybe it's just because Iron Fist was really bad that I'm, my standards have lowered a little. But He's in I, this, right? Iron Fist is in this. All, yeah, four, yeah, all yeah. four of the... Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I have to say that I really... Maybe it's not everyone's uh, bag of tea, cup of bag juice. Bag of chips. Bag of tea, man. Bag of tea, cup of juice. Uh, but the editing and transitions are so well done in this. Uh because there's like a cut to, say, one of the trains going and then a, a shot of a neighborhood and now all of a sudden we're with Luke Cage. And then there's a cut to like downtown. Now we're with Daredevil in a law office. Okay. So they do that really well. And for the first couple of episodes at least, and I think they've continued it, most of the characters show up in the, the color that they're associated with, especially in the opening, which is great. But Daredevil is mostly in like red tinted light for the first episode and Luke Cage is in like yellow like light. Like it. Like it, yeah. It's it's okay. Super slick, and okay. the fights are the choreography is way better than uh, the past couple of series have been. So I'm I'd say this is probably one of the better showings of this. So I don't if you don't like it, cool, I guess. But I think you're wrong. Okay. What color? Well, we can check in. Yeah, I'm excited. When about you this. like, you can. I don't think I will join you, you, you guys won't. on this. I, I need to watch a bunch of series to even get to where you are. Yeah. So yeah. what color is Iron Fist? Green. 
and what color is Jessica Jones? Uh, purple, I believe. It's uh, interesting because purple is the bad guy. Well, bl- blue or purple? I'm a little colorblind, so it's one of those oh, two. It's you might be another color that you don't yeah. even know about. Yeah, but uh, yeah, that's what I've been watching. Um, okay. And yeah, you, I'm, Scott. Well, I'm, I'm sure we'll get a full season perspective on this from you guys. I don't know if you'll be as high on it as. I, I have heard I've heard nothing but bad things about about defenders the oh. whole thing. Yeah. I heard that it was the uh, remedy for Iron Fist. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, oh fuck, Iron Fist was bad. Um, guys, I, I watched a couple things uh, quickly. I watched a Netflix documentary because that's what you do sometimes. Yeah. You have to. Have you guys watched Betting on Zero? No. It's Negative. about it's about the it's er- list. Uh, Herbalife. Yeah. Yeah. I saw it. I didn't watch it. Yeah, the Herbalife Pyramid Scheme, pretty crazy shit, pretty dangerous stuff, preying on low-income families, uh, people trying to just make a buck. It's the American dream, man. I don't. People have to realize that's the American dream. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But people buying $10,000 worth of uh, herbal medicine and then letting it rot in your garage and then going broke because you just moved to America from, you know. Because you can't. Who wants Some, herbal somewhere medicine. else yeah, trying this, to make it big this is a scam but you know what guys i found the real solution what is it? if you want to talk about some really good knives oh no don't do it to me <laughs> cut coat no um yeah so herbalife this giant pyramid scheme that fucks people over obviously betting on zero is a documentary about that but then also about this um investment banker hedge fund guy who's trying to short the stock of herbalife to make an absolute shit ton of money. Wow. T-O-N-N-E. Toins. Um, Tones. Yes. Tones. So the idea being that, you know, you buy a bunch of stock at a certain price that you, you will then take advantage of at a later date when the stock has plummeted. You own stock at a higher. I don't really understand shorting. I, I mean, every time someone explains it to me, I understand it for about 10 seconds and then I lose what the fuck shorting is. And you're just focusing on Mar- Margot Robbie in a bubble well, bath with champagne. Maybe. But yeah, the idea of shorting this company that is clearly going to fail because it's this giant pyramid scheme, uh, betting on zero, kind of awesome. Oh, cool. Uh, but I did watch an actual movie and it was pretty fucking awesome. Ooh, I like those kind of movies. Because I watched Wind River Wind River? I watched Wind River, which is not a clothing line from Mark's Work Warehouse. But it is. Well, it is. But Wind River is also the directorial debut of Taylor Sheridan, who wrote Hell or High Water last nice, year. Nice, nice. Right. Wrote Sicario. So this has Jimmy, Jeremy Renner in it, right? Jeremy Renner and Elizabeth Olsen are in this. They come to a native reservation. Hawkeye and Scarlet Witch. Yeah, yeah. They come. Yeah, it's basically an Avengers spinoff. Part two. Uh, point one. <laughs> this is cool. He's cooler than Hawkeye, I will admit. Jeremy Renner, his performance is way better, obviously. He's really good in this. But he plays, he works for the Fish and Game you know, reserve or whatever, or fish and game department of the U.S. The department, yeah. the Ministry of uh, whatever the game, fuck you want to call it. fish and wildlife. Yeah, and uh, he basically, if you want to call it, he's a wolf sniper. Like he, he is calls a wolf. Wolves. He there's a shot in this movie. Does he ride wolves? He's a wolf that shoots people. There, there's a shot in this movie at the very beginning. Does I didn't know they had fingers. Where he <laughs> he blows a wolf's 
like head off and it's a clearly a real wolf getting shot and the people in in the audience were like whoa when you say it's clearly a real wolf it looks like somebody hunting a wolf and shooting a wolf pretty mm. intense um is that allowed i mean if it's i don't i mean are they tagged or i don't I, know we, we don't have to look clue. into wolf hunting um but this is a this feels like a movie that clint eastwood maybe would have directed in like 1997 I mean that in a good way and back when he was a old. Bad way. Yeah, it, it's very procedural. It's it's a girl is murdered on a native reserve in the dead of winter, uh, and Elizabeth Olsen's this FBI agent who's way out of her league, trying to find any leads on this. This looked really good. Very, you know, very dramatic, masculine, yeah. dominated. It feels very procedural for the most part up until we get to this fucking explosive ending. Where shit just hits the fan, and it's pretty bloodthirsty. There's some crazy sniper kills. Uh, I mean, in the sort of the same way that Hell or High Water escalates to a pretty sweet gunfight. You know, the the end, like it's a drama, but it doesn't skimp on the tension and the action. Right? You still nice. you okay. still get a nice amount of suspense. Is the sniper better than Sniper with starring, Mark Wahlberg, starring Tom Bear? Oh, that's Shooter. Sorry, shooter. Yeah, this is better. This is better. That's got a wicked climax. Um, but this is an, on top of sort of having this action element to it, it. Like Taylor Sheridan is clearly specializing in a certain type. Well, he he's he's got like very naturalistic dialogue that feels very sort of literary. Like in the way Hell or High Water was like the characters were all speaking very literary dialogue, felt very you know mm-hmm. novel esque kind of. Um, it's not overly showy, but it it doesn't call attention to itself any of this dialogue. But it's like it in, is very like it, it Hemingway, feel, like sort yeah, of short feels, and declarative. Um, and he's again, once again he's sort of fusing like a well worn genre piece with sort of um a snapshot of America and you know sort of this kaleidoscopic view of society today, but um mashing it onto a genre piece like hell or high water is the same thing it's this western but with this economic angle and it's sort of commenting on yeah it's micro macro right yeah there's all sorts of stuff hell or high water is definitely the stronger work probably because of jeff bridges i don't know man is a genius um but it's you know Sort of, you got your classic clusterfuck of jurisdiction, right? Who were on this native reserve, but it's federal land, so the the cops of the town aren't helping with this investigation. And there's this oil company who actually owns part of the land where the murder was on, but the girl was from this reservation. Crazy. Um, Pretty awesome snowmobile scenes, if you're into that. Nice. Pretty awesome. Uh but yeah, there's this really awesome use of flashback in the final moments that takes the tension up to f- fucking 11. Um, yeah, guys, Wind River is pretty damn good. Nice. I-, I have to admit. It's not any sort of best of the year material. Hell or High Water is significantly better. Um, but I recommend Wind River a Still lot. worth a watch. It's awesome. I also watched Dave Made a Maze. Nice. Okay. Th- this looks... Like a totally Ridiculous. normal movie. Uh, I have to be quick here. We're running out of time, but Dave Made a Maze is fucking brutal. <laughs> Ooh. It's, Yikes. How much time do you want to spend on this movie? Then? Oh, 
man, it's 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 poorly directed, poorly executed, poorly written, poorly acted. Um, what is Dave made a maze? You ask. It it is a comedy, attempting to be dramedy, I guess, dramedy. It's brutal. It's this guy who procrastinates while his girlfriend's out, and instead of cleaning the house, uh, he decides to build a cardboard box fort in his living room. But things get a little bit crazy. Sort of a labyrinth on the inside. It's your classic kid's fort with, you know, construction paper and cutouts and mostly corrugated cardboard. And it's, I would call it cardboard punk. This is like a TARDIS situation, though, where it's much bigger on the inside. Exactly. So the the, the magic of this movie is that once Dave has built this maze, uh, he's lost in it. Right. So his, his girlfriend comes home and she's like, Dave, where are you? I'm in the maze. I can't get out. She starts shaking it. Uh, that's fucking creates kid. just chaos. It's going to kill him. She can't. She cannot just destroy this maze or else he dies. So she has to go in. And for some inexplicable reason, all of her neighbors from the apartment show up in her room. And it is painfully bad. These these are people off the street like the they're so poorly cast just none of these people work is as this like cube as care. It is like cube. It is. It's a bit like saw. So when all these people go in, including a documentary crew, for some reason, one of the because why not? What some of the, someone down the hall's filming a documentary. Of I guess. Of course they are. Hey, get them in here. We're going to go into this maze. We need a camera. So we have like 10 or 15 people all going. Let's go rescue Dave. Dave. Dave, you built this weird cardboard fort in your living room. Where are you? It's way bigger on the inside. We're going to go rescue. Shit, it's big. Really cool idea, right? <laughs> Really neat idea. It looks like it could be a cool movie. Where is Spike Jones when you need him? Yeah. Where is Michelle Gondry when you need him? Where, where's Wes Anderson? Where's Wes? Where is uh, Jared Hess, the guy who made Napoleon Dynamite? Like, wait, where is anybody who makes these quirky movies? Here, this is an example of if you have a really quirky idea, your directing style, your writing style, your acting style, that needs to mirror how funky the premise is you you can't just make Not, a traditionally very sappy standard pedestrian kind of movie that it it actually clashes with how unique the premise is when you have this really standard movie that doesn't sort of live up to how cool your idea is i imagine that getting those cool unique quirky movies made is is probably very difficult to get approval from big studios uh, yeah it this is very low budget but that's sort of the point um, it is like Saw. It is like Cube. Like there's, there are these booby traps that'll swing, and a big cardboard pendulum will cut your head off, and then <laughs> your head comes off. But uh, red confetti and streamers come shooting out, and and um, and the characters who die in this movie, they never come back. So I don't know if they're really dead when they when they emerge from the. The, the the maze at the end of the movie there's characters who actually don't make it <laughs> like wow weird uh it it's it's a really sad situation where this cool idea is not delivered on in any in any satisfying one mm-hmm. no um and it's his sub dave's subconscious is sort of populating the labyrinth uh, there's a minotaur and stuff um it's there's a really shitty central romance. It's really painful. It's really bad. So don't watch. It's really it's a waste. D- Dave made a maze is horrible. Um, it's like, kind of neat that they have to build a weakness into it, kind of to sort of destroy. And why doesn't she just take the lid off? 
they all go in. They all go in to rescue Dave. Do guys, why don't, don't they just open the top? Don't of the find your box. well. Once you start cutting, they have an exacto knife and they start cutting through, and the maze starts reacting. And there's an answer to what? Okay. Yeah, the, the maze will kill you. It'll close in on you if you try to cut your way out. Okay, it's it's literally imagine cardboard cube or cardboard saw. Okay, but the worst version of it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm not going to watch it. Thank you for warning me. I cleared the air. Uh, guys, we got to go to the NASCAR track. We got to go under the NASCAR go track. South. We got to get a vacuum and stick it into the goddamn cash tubes. The pneumatic tubes. Is this real? Probably. Um, that's not the way they do it, right? Maybe. As you were leaving the bar, you said the word cauliflower. That's right. I did. The last time you said that word to me, I ended up getting sent down for six months. It was juvie. I was 13. And you were supposed to be the lookout, now weren't you? Being that I was your kid brother, I let you lead me into trouble with all your crazy cauliflower plans. My life of crime is over. But... You did make breakfast this morning. Even burned the bacon like I like and you ate. I also saw you have some sort of robbery to-do list. I know this attempt to be organized is a big step for you, so go. Charlotte Motor Speedway. So that was a clip from Logan Lucky trying to reverse a family curse. Brothers Jimmy and Clyde Logan set out to execute an elaborate robbery during the legendary Coca-Cola 600 race at the Charlotte Motor Speedway. That is a huge NASCAR racing location. Uh, What do you call that? Stadium? Racetrack? Track. That's what they are. (laughs) Logan Lucky is written probably... And directed uh, by yes. Steven Soderbergh. Yes, I agree. Good right? one. Good call. Uh, and it stars Channing Tatum, Adam Driver, Riley Keough, introducing Daniel Craig <laughs> as Joe Bang, Hilary Swank, Seth MacFarlane, Katie Holmes, Catherine Waterston, Sebastian Stan. Um, okay. Steven Soderbergh has retired. Nope. 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 Right? Nope. That's, remember we said retirement has retired. Retirement's bullshit. He came. I hope not. I want to retire. Well, someday. no. He came out of retirement for this movie. Was good. was it a wise choice? Is this a good movie to unretire for? Red, do you like Logan Lucky? I really like Logan Lucky. Uh, this movie was a ton of fun. It's a great movie to come back for. Um, it's <clears throat> you. I think said this was the sequel to Ocean's Eleven. You've been waiting for. Um, and I think this is very similar to Ocean's Eleven, but 
it's even more fun if if that's like Ocean's Eleven is great. You know, we all love it, I think. But this one in in changing its focus from these sort of people that we I, I don't think we can really identify with, like the George Clooney and the Brad Pitt character until now we switch to NASCAR and like these guys speak slowly. It's like the polar opposite <laughs> of oceans, right? You, the like the blue collar versus the white collar robber. Yeah, <laughs> kind and of in in relaxing. I think a little bit, and and I just loved this movie. The jokes all hit home. Um, the the writing is hilarious. The directing is is fast and sharp. Very sharp. Uh, it's, it's very Steven Soderbergh, right? Like there's at the end, there's sort of some quick cuts that reveal some things that you definitely missed, but that were there all along. It's, I love it. I love it. Mm. And the characters in this movie, Joe bang, like I don't want, I don't care if Daniel Craig comes back as bond, but I hope he comes back as Joe bang. You know, we are dealing with science here. Well said, <laughs> Red. I love it. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, yeah, sounds like a, a home run on this guy, Mike. What did you think? Uh, I echo a lot of red statements. Mm. This was one of the most fun movies I've uh, witnessed in the theater this year. Um, it was, it was just uh, really, it's just so much fun. They in the movie they say Ocean Seven Eleven at one point. I don't know if that was necessary, but but uh, like that's you know how that. Uh, this movie was pitched with that line. It didn't ruin it. Ocean yeah. 7-Eleven. Yeah, I think that's like the idea, like that right? was the elevator pitch, I'm sure. I and don't fully get that. Well, you know, it's... What is that? What is Ocean 7? Because Ocean's red, 11... Redneck. Rednecks 11 go to 7-Eleven? Like, Ocean's 11 to me is like Vegas and glitz and glamour and like high rollers. And this is not that this is rolling into starbucks or sorry uh, 7-eleven at like midnight and getting taquitos literally getting a tall can of beer literally rolling into a 7-eleven their mate yeah adam driver uh drives drives. (laughs) isn't that funny uh, uh, all of the characters are fantastic in this. Mm-hmm. Uh, the writing, as you said, on po- the timing, the delivery of all of these lines is spot on. There are so many hilarious jokes. Uh, there's one scene in particular that I was just dying at, and we we talked about it after the theater that it probably won't hold up in years from now. But mm-hmm. right now, it it's so topical and so hilarious. We can get into it in spoilers. We'll probably, get to right? it in spoilers. Yeah. And but, I, but I I agreed with Scott. Uh, he said that it will last because it doesn't matter what they're joking about. And and after he said that, I was thinking about it, and I think it's true. But I I also agree with you, Mike. And I think that the joke is funnier now for those of us that can appreciate it on both levels. And this doesn't make sense, but it well, will no, later. but I, I think <clears throat> skipping ahead, I think that scene. All it required was a distraction for other characters to sort of waste time with. As long as it was something absurd, and it, it needed, would be funny. It, it needed to be something, exactly, sort of uh, obscure and maybe something nerdy. I mean, it, it it could be anything that you could that could fulfill this sort but of... Anything non-violent and like well, just unexpectedly a, wholesome. A dumb sort of pop culture yeah. reference. Yeah. yeah, Right, but I, I guarantee you that was funnier for anybody who has a, a horse in that race. Yeah. Yes. Uh, and so 10 years from now, people might not care as much. It'll still be funny, just not quite as sharp as it was then. 
Uh, what else do I have to say before we get into more specifics? Hmm. You're a fan. I love how they built it up um, in a way that you're not sure if they're going to get away with this. So they're, they're like running a heist at a NASCAR event. If like, Yeah, that's the movie, right? That's it, right? Like Ocean's Eleven, the most direct comparison here, they are all very capable, skilled con artists. This, one of the lines that's in the trailers and fantastic is when Daniel Craig's like, I guess you uh, Logans are as simple-minded as people say. And they're both just like, people say that? <laughs> yeah, that's like, a great line in the movie in that, the context of the scene, too. And so that, you're like, okay, well, can they pull this off? Like, are they smart enough to do this? And- well, I think the beauty of this movie is that a lot of the these guys... What we see after, you know, what the character development is great because we get to find out that, in fact, you know, they're they're playing on that that whole dumb brothers thing, and it's you so know, they're you, actually very clever. You're, we're supposed to underestimate their characters' yeah. capabilities. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, and I agree. Like that's what makes this this movie so great is because within the movie they play off that, but as a viewer, you're also you're wondering if. If yeah, I fell for it. it. Yeah. Well, and that's St- Soderbergh's formula with these movies is the heist is not just being pulled on the characters in the movie. The heist is being pulled on the audience, the audience as well. So y- your stuff is being withheld from you so that Key the information, the final reveal uh, has more sort of surprise to it. Like you feel like a magic trick has been pulled on you. Yeah, it, the results of what of what happened are are unexpected and it's really fun and there's a find th- out what this happened. one feels yeah. like it does it twice i i feel like there's almost two scenes where yeah, we get the sure. flashback and here's what you really saw no here's what you really saw <laughs> it's wacky and amazing uh yeah i loved it yeah and 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 like i said like you said that i said this is i i've been waiting for a a satisfying sequel to Ocean's Eleven since 2001, and I feel like none, like none, 12 and 13 just didn't do it. Hmm. 13 was unfortunate. It's fine. It's it's 12 is a disaster. Uh, when Julia Roberts comes on and plays Julia Roberts, and the films fold in on themselves. Yeah, that's a bit weird. Right. No, luckily, we don't have any of that shit here. I I was a giant fan of Logan Lucky, guys. Uh, I don't want to. I wish I could say something different, but <laughs> this is amazing. Um, Soderbergh with this movie, it's an interesting film to come out of retirement for. That's kind of what I asked you guys off the top. Um, so, again, why would you do this after saying you retire and then coming back with a, a something that feels a little bit well-worn and, and safe, if you want, right? If you will, it's not a movie that he's taking a huge risk on. It's a mid-budget movie. That's what he's trying to do. He's making a case for Hollywood, uh, and he failed because the movie's bombing at the box office. But he's making a case for this mid-budget movie. Here's a $50 million movie or whatever with with big actors. Um, it doesn't have to be $200 million and it doesn't have to be 10 million right it's the mid-budget movie doesn't exist anymore and that's i think that's what he's trying to make yeah i i think i don't want to use the word masterclass because that's you know used too much but also i think this is more of like he's he's stepping out of retirement momentarily to put on a clinic 
for other people in Hollywood because his editing is so you said sharp earlier and I think that's perfect. Like well, his cinematography is yeah. awesome too. It's, it's not so clean. Like when we talked about um you know Hot Fuzz and the like eight shots on one reload of the of the gun and that's a masterclass in the montage. This is not that, but this is, you know, an exemplary film in its own right, I think. I love it. Uh, and and it's a great example of a director kind of controlling everything in it. Like Soderbergh is the writer, we think. He's yeah. the editor. He's who's the, who's uh, credited? The cinematographer, Rebecca Blunt. So that's not author. a real person. Well, a lot of his pseudonyms he, Soderbergh uses all over it, right? The editor's Marianne Bernard, which is him. Peter Andrews is the cinematographer, also him. Um, <laughs> Why does he have all these pseudonyms? I think, I, I don't exactly know, but I know the, the DGA, there, there's guild rules um, that limit uh, the amount of jobs that you can do on a film or something like that. And, the amount of credited jobs you can um, do on a film? Y- yeah, yeah, it's it's strange. Uh, it, it's Weird, it's Hollywood like a, red it's, tape it's kind a, of thing? Yeah, it's a weird labor thing. Um, but yeah, Logan Lucky's awesome, everybody. And, and it's a perfect way for Soderbergh to sort of ease back into Hollywood come out of retirement with something safe um this is pure soderbergh goodness yeah it's too bad if people you were are missing not out going out to see it um you should listeners yes if you, if you have not please. you really should it's, go see this movie this is, way better it's, than it's, the it's not actually bodyguard. a sequel by the way if we're making it seem like it's let's call it maybe it is who, who the hell can it, it, it could, could be, be in the universe right it like, honestly could be these because guys could turn on the news and in, see if you think about it in the movie when they say it's it's a it's an ocean 7-eleven that could either mean the characters in this universe have seen the movie oceans 11 or the the newspapers the, in the, their the world. crime that was committed was called oceans 11 yeah, like they referred to the, the, the group that committed the crime as oceans 11 um but I thought that this this film starts off sort of establishing Jimmy Logan, Channing Tatum's motivations for becoming a robber, which I think is a theme throughout the movie. Some of the other characters say, "Well, we don't have a motivation or something, or we need a we need a positive motivation." Yeah, we right. They need a moral. We a need moral a moral reason. We need a moral imp- imp- uh, moral reason. reason to rob the speedway, which is such a great way to sort of comment on almost like the, the screenwriting process and how characters are written and, and sort of if, if we're going to have a film about robbers, then they have to be, it's a Robin hood situation, right? They have to be ripping off. Let's make it visibly like make them good guys and make it visibly. So well, that you always have to do this. If you're making a movie about like to sympathize with your robbers, they yeah, have but, to be doing it for some sort of, positive reason but some sort of moral reason they don't always say to you yeah well we can't do it unless you give us a positive moral <laughs> that, reason i love them just commenting <laughs> that's like winking at the audience almost it's very fun um but we established jimmy logan's motivations pretty much immediately with this beautiful cute as a button his, his, daughter. his daughter's relationship starts, with his yeah he's singing uh sweet no Country uh, roads, yeah, which is the most cliche. 
Take me home. Redneck track. I think you can. He's not, you can have. Is he's he from it, West he, Virginia. Is he singing it though? No, he's just talking about the song. Yeah, he's talking about John Denver. And, he is regaling his daughter with trivia um, about the song. In yeah. fact, but so we immediately see in, in a very quick succession, Jimmy Logan is a single father who is perhaps losing custody. Um, fu- he's fired for not being insurable. You know, I was fired. For liability reasons, involving I was let go for liability reasons involving insurance. Insurance. <laughs> uh, so immediately we, we see, okay, this guy's desperate. Um, if he turns to robbery right now, I'm not going to hold him. I'm not going to judge him for that. We've already got some nice reasons for him yeah. to, to bump off. C- circumstances are dire. Something as shitty as the NASCAR, like, who cares? Again, it's casinos. Who cares if you steal from a casino? Does anyone care? No. Does anyone care if you steal from a NASCAR event? Who and gives they, a fuck? And they frame it like it's fucking hot dog money. It's like people buying beer and hot dogs. So who gives a Is that, shit? How much could that be? I, there was no gambling happening either. It was it's, just concessions. It would be so much money. Why wouldn't you just rob any stadium? The beer it, was $10. These the things go right? on for the whole weekend yeah, and yeah. they just like people spend. Actually, they must have been more because in the movie it's like, would you like another for just $10? Like that's a deal. Yeah, so what was yeah. the original we've, what? Like we've 15? all been there. We've all been there. And, yeah. and it's crazy. Something might be going on with the credit card machine. Um, it it almost reminds me. So you have Adam Driver and uh, Channing Tatum. Ch- Channing Tatum as this duo, these brothers, and it reminds me almost of of Virgil and Turk Malloy, Scott Kahn and Casey Affleck's characters yeah. from the Ocean's well, films. They, they're the Mormon twins, so they're a little less sort of party, rough around the edges. I mean, these guys work at a bar, they're so they're ex- not... They're hilarious. I love those guys. It's almost like if you took the, the Mormon twins and made them just, like, complete... See, I saw the brothers as them. Yeah, that might be it, too. Yeah. I, I felt like that, that was sort of... We're focusing in on that kind of level of character, right? Like, these I've, aren't the capable guys. These aren't the, 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 the guys who would plan a job like this, typically. Um... And the, and the and the way that they announce, I just love the way that they announce that it's going. It's time to return to a life of crime, is with the code word cauliflower. Oh my goodness, <laughs> I love cauliflower. And the Did entire you just say cauliflower to me. The, yeah, the entire back and forth with Adam Driver the next morning, talking about you know I thought my life of crime was over, and and uh, the the accents in this are. On their next level. I mean, I don't know if they're accurate. They probably aren't. They're cartoonish. But these are, I feel like these aren't just people, Adam Driver especially, is unbelievable. He's a great actor. He really is, man. Uh, and and he, his accent in this is on the fucking money. Like, you almost think he's learning disabled at first. Uh, everything he says is hilarious. Just listening to him thick like like slather this accent on every single word he says i i don't care what comes out of his mouth it's, it's just <laughs> such a bizarre accent so i think like he really loses himself in every character yeah, that he plays yeah um but you you were guys you were comparing these two guys to like the brothers or i i really see channing tatum as the brad pitt and um uh driver as the George Clooney. Well, that's eventually who I guess they kind of... Like, they I they mean, have to be that, those that guys. Is, it's analogous, right? Like they There are, are leads, yes, but... 
Not in terms of skill. Not only in that. No, but yes. You think so? Yes, I do. I think they are orchestrating this together from the start. And I think that this is... If if this gets made into a series... I really hope it does. Then awesome, because these guys are great. I like, don't think it will. Based on the box office. But no, it's, I know, like, people, please go see this movie. I, I, as soon as I came home from this movie, I said, I want to watch that again. Yeah. And and it's been a long time since I've wanted to watch a film immediately after coming home from it. I Generally, nine times out of ten, I could care less about seeing the movie ever again, even if I love it. But I want to watch Logan Lucky right fucking now. Like, for the details. And the rewatchability of this one, I think, is high. I mean, I'm I'm hoping it just gains popularity on home video, but I don't know. It's too bad. And I knew I fell in love with this as soon as we get into the montage where, so it starts adopting the Ocean's Eleven formula right away, and I had a smile on my face where it starts showing awesome footage of the Coca Cola 600, and you have Channing Tatum saying to another, "But how are they gonna?" So the Coca Cola 600. Is and then you have the exact sort of formula of Ocean's Eleven, where narration describing, and he's using a little cardboard model to oh, go along with it. Fuck, I love it, and 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 that I, that that f- formula so familiar, and that taste was so familiar for me to, I I just. I just loved soaking up everything in this because it oh. felt like I'd seen this. I love, I love the artistry of that scene, too, because he is pulling up cutaways as we get a cutaway to show what it actually is. Oh, yeah, and they even comment, like, this is a good model or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> um, uh, yeah I, I, where you have Danny Ocean and Brad Pitt, I guess, in the same way that they're capable, these guys do it with, like, three and a half arms, so that's probably... Yeah. something yeah um, um they sort of hide their abilities well well i i love that each character has uh on top of an ability they everyone has this weird little trait to them right so channing tatum not so much he has this limp um and he's got his daughter and stuff that stuff's kind of standard but adam driver with the missing arm and not an arm hand. missing hand yes uh and then joe bang who, I mean, fuck, what's up with fuck, him? Fuck off, man! When you, when you, when we sit down with him, and he says, "Go over to the machine and punch J five and bring me back what's in it," and then th- th- just the reveal of just what he likes to snap out on. of the vending machine is just these nasty packaged, hard boiled eggs. Those are actually pretty good. Oh my god! And then he he puts his his foot up on the on the table, you know, as, as if to reveal some sort of gun under his sock, you know, in, in his ankle. And it's some sort of special table salt that low, he needs to use. Low sodium like, salt. These are the kinds Fake of... salt. When you're making a cool character, be as specific as you can, right? And this is just the perfect way. So anytime we cut back to a, to a shot of a table with a thing of salt and some eggs on it, now we know where we are and who, which character we're with. And, uh... I, I don't know. I felt like we really established these characters as unique and memorable really fast. Um, and I guess w- that's why this movie would work if there was a sequel, which not to get ahead of it, I, I feel like the movie maybe leaves the door wide open. 
Oh, it, for it could. one. It totally could. Unnecessarily so. I mean, you don't really need... It's almost like a Marvel, like, expected stingers and shit. You don't need one, but, like, this is the kind of movie that leaves you wanting more, so... Um, what'd you guys think of Seth MacFarlane here? Worst part of the movie. Yeah, why? What? Why? What, what, what is he doing, and what is his British accent? Who's... I have no I'm idea why he's in this movie. Baffled, yeah, as to the whole accent yeah, S- and S- Saren didn't even know. Who the, at, at the end, I said, "So, what did you think of Seth MacFarlane?" She said, "Who was he in the movie? <laughs> like, w- was he supposed to be some sort of like? Um, I'm gonna sp- like I- who? What's his name from Virgin? Uh, Rupert? Um, uh, no, I yeah, Rupert Murdoch. No, yeah. no, wait, hold on, Rupert, not Rupert." <laughs> That guy's Australian, right? Richard Branson. Richard Branson. That's it. I feel like that was kind of what they're going for. He's this benefactor. He's this rich supporter. I'm going to speak on behalf of everyone in England, and you can tell me if I'm wrong. Nobody in that fair country would be caught dead in NASCAR. Anywhere near a NASCAR race. I I feel like anyone in England is yeah, much more didn't like makes sense. Wouldn't you be Formula it, One? Maybe exactly. If if you're from England and you're into into motor cars, stock cars, you're not going to the stock car race, right? I just don't get that character. Um, oh, it's he, an energy drink. It just looks so stupid having a British accent coming out of a guy wearing like the Wonder Bread ad and shit. You know? <laughs> yeah. Why? <laughs> However. To to make up for that kind of stumble, at least with the character, uh, who doesn't ruin the movie, I think he's still funny and his purpose is served as this sort of final red herring kind of in the in the mystery plot. Um, but Sebastian Stan is incredible, <laughs> and that's his like actual driver who has an OS. And software is food. So if, he, when he your eats, body is your OS, yeah, and any food you eat is your software. It can crash. <laughs> your OS. When he's when he's, I guess he drinks too much champagne, and then his sugar levels start plummeting. No, and that's the, not it's champagne. The, it's the energy drink. That's energy oh drink. That's God. in a champagne bottle. That's that whole joke. <laughs> okay. Yes. 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 He's like well, you I made just, me drink too much of that energy drink, and and then his OS is crashing. <laughs> I think it's crashing. It's all pretty beautiful. Um, My OS is <laughs> and and th- these are some of the nice little threads that the movie kind of jumps off on to take with these really memorable characters, including one that I, I mean, I, you could probably cut from the movie, but it still worked. Was Catherine Waterston's character, who has a haircut, I might add, stolen from Ezra Miller in Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. She's from Alien Covenant, so her dumb, weird little flipped out short hair bowl cut bowl cut thing she's cute no she's not with well with this haircut she ain't but whatever this scene is weird i don't know why we have to go in for this see the hair fits for the area though i think i guess i guess i don't know it it, it, was good it's it's a cute little scene um and and it gives some sort of I don't know. Is it a sequel setup? Not really. But Channing Tatum has no, his own sort of life that he can build without Katie Holmes it's and a, stuff. It, it's another thread set up to show that he's not a selfish dude. Yeah, yeah. I, it is. It does work for me. And I just love the line: "Did we kiss?" Uh, yeah. and, <laughs> we did. What kind we? of a question is that? It's it's that perfect. whole scene is great. It's really good. It, it, it tells you a lot about 
some prior history that he, Channing well, Tatum might... tells you a lot about him. Well, yeah, he might be just slowly realizing, oh, maybe I was a dick to this person and I'm just realizing I... Like, yeah. Maybe I was... A, I think that, that that scene is more of him being like, maybe I was a dick, period. Well, that's what I mean. <laughs> you know? like it's In general, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, it's really good. Um, they never explain his limp, do they? He's a football injury, yeah. right? And that was, that's where I was going because they set that up so that you sort of put two and two together, but they never just overtly tell you this is what happened, there, there which are I f- really like. Well, there are a few sort of gray areas. I felt like Riley Keough, I didn't realize like the sister character, I didn't figure that she was related at first. She is very easy to look at. <laughs> um her character was great. Like every everybody's was fantastic. Yeah, but I love I how she was occasionally just, driving. Right, I love how like she was just really razzing fast. the the stepfather to the whole movie. Oh like, yeah, oh yeah. You own yeah. a car lot and you can't drive shit. Like, <laughs> oh my goodness, you can't uh, drive great stick. gag. Yeah, yeah, and that comes back around. Um, I, I yeah, I love the cinematography here. The close ups, the um, portraits, especially like just. Yes. Sort of like chest up, like just headshots in Me- this movie. Like, just yeah, medium, so fucking sharp, and just heads filling the whole frame. Um, Soderbergh is just the shallow depth of field that we get with a lot of stuff. Um, tight. One scene I want to talk to you guys about that just made me giggle and burst with joy is when I don't know even know. I guess Joe Bang says you got to go meet my friend in the forest. He's a bear. Oh, my God. He's literally a bear. I forgot about that until right now. And so this scene... Yeah, go meet the bear which in the woods. Is, is a funny scene on its own. He, uh, they're picking up some sort of contraband to complete the mission. Is it explosives or something? What are they picking up? It, he, it, we don't even know. Just so it, go get my stuff from it, the bear in the woods. Yeah. He's order, got a bag. Yeah. He, I need this bag. If we're going to do this, this job, my friend's a bear. He's going to hook you up. So there's this nice sort of... Wes Anderson he shot this side view where the two characters come in on opposite sides of the frame they meet in the middle drop the bag the guy in, it's a guy in a bear costume like very like a like a Halloween <laughs> a bear bad, costume a bad one turns around walks back out the frame but not really disappears he, but then he dissolves and disappears and that's when I just burst into a, a happy giggle because I know Steven Soderbergh was Having a, uh, he was just drunk or having a great time when he edited that one because that's just silly, like and so f- stupid. How is that in the movie? I love but it's it. awesome, it, actually. Th- like, th- there's no possible reason that that should be there. It's, I, I remember, like, I'm the same <laughs> as you, I forgot about that until you just said it, and but I remember seeing it at the time going, like, What, what? the fuck? <laughs> oh, but man. okay, that's oh, okay. Well, no, it, it just. It, the, the little cherry on top is how he just dissolves and m- never existed. It, it's everything about it is perfect. Um, I want to get into spoilers. Let's do it. And the spoilers for this one are really weird because they're about Game of Thrones. Well, there's a joke about games. Well, well we okay. don't want to spoil yeah, a joke. Here's, that... here's my question. I'm going to stop you right there. Do we even need to talk about this? It has no. nothing to do with the plot. No, no we don't. No, Let's no. keep it fresh. No, no, no. 
I I like Dwight Yoakam in this scene. He's the uh, warden. Um, it's the scene is here because Joe Bang needs a distraction to break out of prison and then break back into prison without anyone knowing. Perfect. This is just this is so Ocean's Eleveny. It's it, it. I love it. Um, and like, what kind of prison could that happen in? Like, yeah. What kind of bumbling? <clears throat> incompetent warden would must you have and so i feel i I, i'd like we don't have fires here i'd like to imagine that they have like a few versions of this sequence where one of them is instead of game of thrones references they're talking about star wars and another version uh they're talking about i don't fucking know the yankees or something like i just doctor who yeah anything it's just like there was improv going on maybe it would have been cool if that's the case um i don't think it like just based on the lines i don't think it. no and and there's because they're reading wikipedia entries for (laughs) game of thrones uh it's one of my favorite scenes of the whole year it really is uh just these shots a shot of this you know this hardcore thug dude coming up to the intercom and going like press it beep yeah I thought George R. R. Martin said he wasn't wasn't writing any more books or something. Like, I don't know. Just it's a perfect distraction in the movie that is supposed to be a distraction. It's brilliant, um, but you think it won't work in ten years? I think it might work even more. Well, it, it'll still be funny. It, it just won't. It need, not in the same. It doesn't have the same impact if you're not actually a fan of Game of Thrones. I don't know if that matters. It it all that matters. Of course it does. Well, no. It the joke is, like, if yeah, I'm I, misinterpreting it, isn't it ironic that all these dangerous prisoners are all such intense Game all, of Thrones fans? They're all well read. Yeah, they love Game of Thrones so much. Right, but in 20 years, if people don't really know what Game of Thrones is... Yeah, the ubiquitous... Like, you the, need the to know. The fact that Game of Thrones is ubiquitous is what is also part of the joke for us. I suppose. It's like, something that you like is popular in prison. The series is ahead of the books. Uh, we've already spent too much time on this, which Mike <laughs> did not want to do. Um... Another there there are a few pop culture references in this movie, and I think they all really work well, including um the umbrella recital, which warmed my heart. I have to be honest here. That was pretty good. Um, the the choice by Katie Holmes to have her daughter perform Rihanna's umbrella at her recital. Mm-hmm. It's it's, is uh, so, it's actually not about an umbrella. Well, yes, but it's, it's, it's everybody knows it's. It says a lot about, like, of course Katie Holmes would want her to do... Her. The the character that Katie Holmes plays in this movie is, uh, very obviously would choose Umbrella. Like, it just perfectly works for her character. Um, and uh, uh, the scene where he walks, where Channing Tatum walks into... The recital. The recital hall, and then she just drops the umbrella and then switches up her tune... Uh, I mean, I, I I thought that was that really was a nice. very really tender moment. What I loved about this whole setup too was the joke that those twins or whatever those kids when they're like giving you the umbrella uh, the joke trivia. Yeah. It's like it's about her vagina. Um, it's such a great commentary <laughs> on stupid beauty pageants and how big they are yeah. in the south and how like ridiculous and um, what's the word I'm looking for here? Abusive. Abusive. And just so wrong because the moms are exactly like Katie Holmes' character. It's like, sing this song that uh, Rihanna sings. 
you're like eight. Put this, but it's about on. her. Like it's about her vagina. Like what? What are you doing? Mm-hmm. I love that little commentary well, and, that and stuck there, into. There's also sort of like a vicarious, like Katie Holmes wishes she. This is this is her moment, right? This is your classic of case of of the parents wishing Proxy. they were on stage doing all this, right? Um, yeah, I uh, think that the movie. So they they pull off this awesome heist, which we haven't really even talked about. I mean, <laughs> but then. The, the uh, seemingly right after it's done, right? Well, it, it, it's a it's a fairly complex situation of vacuum tubes and moving bags around. And I have to say, the the final stages of the heist sequence where we're transporting these bags on these little go kart little go kart things, things uh, I, I felt like that was really tense, really fun sequence where I, I was on the edge of my seat the whole time. Right? Are they gonna get busted by these? Everyone's a dim, smell smoke. Fucking dim-witted security guards Wonderful. at every turn. NASCAR is populated by <laughs> goofballs. Um, but I know where you're gonna go here. Does the movie lose some steam when Hillary Swank and and our boy Macon Blair, a Blue Ruin boy, show up? No so way. Weird. There's so a, weird. There's another. Yeah. There's it's another weird. chapter. Right? There's another chapter to our story here. That, yeah. The, that Ocean's Eleven doesn't have, right? I feel like there's a bit more fallout. There's another layer. Well, yeah, it's sort of, well, what happened in the f- two or three months after the heist, guys? Did, well, because, when you guys were laying low, you don't spend the money right away. Well, there's, there's a, another misdirect here that we don't get in the Ocean's movies, which is we think that after... Well, we've returned the, fi- the the money. Which yeah, Channing Tatum goes to see his daughter and it gives him makes him have a change of heart and he returns... He seemingly returns the money that was stolen. Yeah, and then the movie the, continues. This was a bit we, unclear that how he did it and how yeah it, when and why and what was really going on. What, yeah, and then we meet Hillary Swank and Macon Blair, and they are what FBI? Mm-hmm. They're FBI inve- uh, agents investigating the theft, and uh, the the track won't release how much money actually got stolen. So do you do you think they are suspecting the Charlotte Motor Speedway of committing fraud? fraud. Is, that, is yes. that what... Yeah, for sure. Okay, that's a nice, just happy accident that goes along with... I mean, that was never the part of the the Logan brothers' plan, was it? No. But like, it's not like any action is going to be taken, it seems. It's just that Hillary Swank's million-dollar baby is like, no... You guys committed fraud, you jerks. Or I think she's just she's suspicious. But the way that the the guy at the track responds, I don't think she thinks he's guilty. Like because he's very smug and just like, listen, I don't know what you guys want to do. I wasn't like, there for those accounting is, meetings. Yeah, yeah, I wasn't in the room. I wasn't in the room. Gonna cover it. So if you can, if you can just excuse me. And 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 like, but she's a blood. You know, they're they're well, not as much Megan. He feel. I feel like he didn't need to be there. But Hillary is like a bloodhound, and she's got the scent, and 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 it brings on, like you said, a new chapter, which I really enjoyed. I liked it too, and. It's cliche, but she's your classic FBI agent. Just won't give up. Who won't give up even when the case is closed by her superiors, which is, I think, where it ends up. I mean, yeah. when the when Charlotte Motor Speedway drops the investigation with the FBI, they, they would no longer continue investigating, correct? 
Unless they had... Unless they got some stuff on their own, like there's board or the agents kind of got, you know... Just I assume they'd it, be do reassigned. It on, do it on their own time, maybe, or... Um, <laughs> maybe Hillary Swank, or... So this, this final sort of misdirect involves Channing Tatum actually siphoning off a bit of the cash. Like all this extra money that we didn't know about. Well, then we thought that they... We thought that they had a bunch that got like lost in the machine or something. Where, where? No, it's so unclear how think, much was stolen and how much was returned. Well, this is not where it's the cleanest sort of execution. Yeah, we don't know exactly how much was stolen, but that's okay because I thought they covered how it was stolen pretty well in the flashback. Um, about how he set up that gate to just malfunction so that it would delay the brothers there so that they could then give this other dude they didn't even know was in on it, the smoking guy, uh, like just throw out this money as if it was actual trash because this dude takes out the trash and just mark where it is on the landfill. Like that's genius that there's this other plan for this heist. Yeah. It's like, this is the money we're actually going to steal. The other stuff, <clears throat> smoke and mirrors. Distraction. Misdirection. I do like that, but did it gets set up properly. Yeah. I think so. They'll it, know what we, what we want them to know. So th- in this case, I don't really know how much money they got. How, did they get any money? Did the brothers... Yeah. Oh, oh, dude. He's got like a cyber arm. Yeah, he's got one of those awesome arms. <clears throat> no, that, no, like... no, no. Did, did the, the redneck brothers... Did, oh. Joe, did Joe Bang's... Oh, right, right. No, no they got nothing. No, they didn't get anything. We talked about... This is what we were trying to figure out after the movie, right? No, like they didn't get anything. Because they thought... Yeah, they thought he gave it all back. So that's why so good. a lot of this is kind of unclear as to... But it's fun to figure out, because if I'm if we're wrong, actually, if on you a see rewatch, this and you think we're wrong, I, that's why this is so good. I, I, can't, at gmail.com. I can't wait to see this again. What's, I want to do it right now. What's beautiful, I think we're, I think we're right here, because what's beautiful about this plan is they never wanted the brothers involved. Joe Bang did. So they're like, oh, okay, we'll right. use them, but we don't want them because we don't think they're trustworthy. Uh, so we're just gonna pull the wool over their yeah, eyes, yeah, uh, and have them involved because we need them involved at this point. But they're not really. There's also the comment about <clears throat> like sixty day lapse on paying your cell phone bill and how the insurance is now not after Jimmy Logan anymore. Did- well, they can't find him because they can't trace his cell phone. It's because he didn't pay his bill and it's shut off. Okay. <clears throat> timed everything. But yeah. that's when we end on Hillary Swank. She has tracked him down. She's in the duct tape bar. She knew about it. She's there. They, and t- she's, they talked about how that's where he worked. She's hitting on Clyde Logan. She actually wants a piece of the robo arm. She's Julia Roberts. She's looking okay. In yeah, Oceans. That's so what I was thinking, too. Is, is like, Hil- Hillary Swank... Is going to bust these guys. What's the takeaway here? I think she's going to find out that they've actually got hearts of gold. And she'll be like, you know, turning a blind eye here and there. Helping them out of a squeeze when they need. Well, that's why the insurance scene was so important, I think. Like, if that's the way her character is going to go, just seeing... She's probably seen a bunch of corrupt corporations. Oh, this, this is awesome. That, this is awesome. Right? Um, Isn't it? I th- I, Listeners, uh, go see this movie. Going Give back them to your the money. Cell phone. Going back to the cell phone. It was, it was brilliant how he didn't pay it, so it shut off before the heist. And then he could tell that they'd stopped looking because it shut off again because they turn it on 
so they can t- keep tabs of him. Oh, okay. That's what I was looking for. And when it finally turned I off again, I missed that. that's when he knew he could give the money to can everybody. I, can I just go and watch this again? Because I want to really bad. I think you can. I can pay money Unless and Unless people go pull see. it out of theaters. No, no. Go see Logan Lucky, everybody. Go see it twice. Go see it fast. Like oh, NASCAR. Man. Like NASCARs. What are you giving this movie out of 10? I was thinking about this, and I've got to give it... It's 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 really good, bordering on great. It's not excellent. Okay. What does that mean? It's like an eight. Yes. Mm. Eight and a half for me. An eight I and really, a half. I, I really enjoyed myself. Well, I feel my score. I'm getting bored. <laughs> oh, it's it's growing. It's kind of it's kind of I can see it bulging it's out. Really of flexible today. Th- this is really gross. He's never actually showed us this before. My score is like this, showing. This movie is really fun. I don't think it's award material, award worthy. No, I don't even think, think Soderbergh's going for that, right? No, I think eight and a half. Like this was. I had a great time in the theater. Agreed. I did. I did too. And yeah. I think my my love for Soderbergh's adding a bit more to it, and the fact that this is the sequel I've been waiting sixteen years on. Um, not awards material, but an eight and a half from me. Nice, nonetheless. Whoa! Oh, Red's growing. Red's giving it an eight and a half. I think. Yeah. Yes. All right. Eight and a half's all around, guys. That's a review of Logan Lucky. It is an eight and a half for sure. That's what it means. That's what it is. Uh, 100% you, of the time, it's a 85%. It's an eight and a half out of 10. <laughs> if you see the movie and you agree or disagree with our takes, please email verticalviewing at gmail.com. Or tweet at us at verticalviewing. You can go on Instagram. It's shadow banned, though. You can We're, still see it. Like you can yeah. find us, yeah. but you just if you, you don't search it. for us, you will never be exposed yeah. to our posts. Exactly. Verticalviewing.com. Click on the donate button. It's yellow. It's shiny. We'll stick internet pie in your ear every week if you want to help us offset the cost of seeing movies and putting on the show. That's where you do it. We would appreciate it. We do appreciate it. We love you. PayPal link right on the website, verticalviewing.com, but patreon.com slash verticalviewing. To show regular love. That's where you get into a long-term relationship with us. Uh Hydrogen, helium, lithium level subscriptions are available. That periodic table will grow over time. But you can pay a dollar or two or three per month. Help us make that internet pie. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then you get access to all sorts of goodies. Uh, there are reviews of Dune, yeah. Superman Returns. And depending on how much you pay, you can request what we do as well. Yeah, let us know. I think coming up, we've got... Uh, orange juice concentrate. Yes, just a squeezed <laughs> juice of Tropicana. <laughs> uh, Clockwork Orange is coming soon. If you want to help us... Some ultra milk. Yeah, if you want to help us make content, if you want to drive the show, get into that driver's seat, go to patreon.com slash vertical viewing, just like Martin, Chris, Nick, Fidel, uh, and Joseph did. We hope you do. Uh, next week on the show, we're reviewing Good Time, starring... Not a long time. Robert Pattinson. He's drinking out of a Sprite bottle and is something he, happens to him. Is he? Well, like, what, uh, His hair turns blonde and he gets a shitty haircut. There's is this some a Twilight questions. sequel? I think it is. Uh, this thing's supposed to be good. He's supposed to be good in it. I'm excited. Questions about pop bottles. I'm excited for good time. Uh, Doesn't we, look like it's a good time. <laughs> no. We can find you on the internet where? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Jared underscore Sergeant. I'm there at Michael Arlind. 
I think. I think I'm still there. It still exists. Uh, I am Scott Wilson, BC. Uh, go to Letterboxd. Scott Wilson, you can find me on there. Two L's. We're coming to Android soon. Not me. Letterboxd. Please, guys, I, be- I beg you at this point. Mike's there, but nothing happens. So Just like my Twitter. Oh. I'm uh, sorry, guys. I'm going to change that. That's how he that. uses technology. That's what I'm going to do, listeners. He I'm actually going to start updating everything you are going to see. This uh, is his Labor Day re- uh, resolution. Curate your shit, you'll, Mr. Lind. You'll see pictures of my shit every morning. <laughs> no, don't do this. <laughs> uh, are there final thoughts from you guys? What's going on? I don't do that anymore. Red doesn't uh, can, do that. Can you, can you retire if... You do like contract art style work, like pr- stuff like that. Like, like you can turn down contracts. Yeah. Well, no, I'm just wondering: is it the same as retiring? Like, to yeah, me, no. retirement seems like okay. Your your nine to five job is done. You've done it. You've made it through. But if you're doing jobs here and there on a contract you're basis for a couple mo- for a couple months at a time, aren't you just not? taking a contract at the time like i understand semi. you're technically retired you're semi i think you're i just don't think that you can say you're fully retired if the job that you were doing could go for like a year at a time yeah, without yeah. Like, well, I mean, would you say that you're maybe keeping it semi vertical you might. that's what viagra's for 